If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how you played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Oh, baby, this is why Blank lost. Welcome to this week's special edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm David Bloomberg, and this week I was nicknamed the fortuitous analyst by the specialist himself on Twitter. But the specialist is not what makes this week special, and it also wasn't because there was anything particularly special in how Danny got voted out. What makes it special is that today I am joined by not one, but two awesome women on the podcast. First, of course, we have my co-host, Jessica Lewis, here as always. Hello. Thank you very much for that incredible welcome. I appreciate it. And I will let you proceed with our special guest. All right. We have our first ever guest with both of us uh, joining us from our fellow podcast on reality TV wrap ups. It's Liana Boris from the RHAP B&B. Wow. I feel so special. I really <laughs> do. It, it's an honor to be here, you guys. I've been looking forward to this actually all week. I'm just so excited to talk more Survivor and especially to talk about it with the two of you. You know, on the B&B with Mike Bloom and I, we play a lot of games, but sometimes sometimes you need some rules. And so mm. I'm looking forward to, <laughs> to talking about all of the rules and, and breaking down why Danny lost. Nice. I was going yeah. to say I was a little concerned because I don't think we have a game planned. And um, <laughs> unless David has something secret that he hadn't revealed to me, I think it really is just going to be a lot of rule talk. I hope that's all right. I'm OK yeah, with that. Uh, okay. yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Let me let me quickly figure out a game here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, <laughs> but but uh, for listeners, this is the second part of our special crossover event as I visited the B&B before the season began. And we determined through games that I don't really understand how Jeff Probst thinks, which is not a big revelation, mm. uh, but I could figure out the minds of the casuals. <laughs> yes, that's right. Again, uh, a badge of honor, I suppose, if you choose to wear it, David. <laughs> I think that's good. I'll, I'll wear any badge. All right. So, Liana, when I was on the B&B preseason show, it seemed like you were maybe a little excited about this season. How are you feeling about it now that we're a couple episodes in? Yeah, I was. I was very, very excited about the season. And to be honest, that hasn't changed at all. It still feels like such a fantasy to be watching this season play out. I, just the conversations that are happening between people that I never thought would play again. Now it's actually here and it's happening. And 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 it just it does feel so much like a fever dream. I'm really enjoying the season so far. And I don't know, maybe one day I'll wake up and <laughs> and well, it will be all a dream. But for now, I'm trying to really take in the moment and live in this experience, this amazing experience that we're all getting to have together. Yeah. And maybe you yeah, can yeah. celebrate the fact that the tokens are not necessarily working out the way that you hope they would, but they're still part <laughs> of the game. Yeah. There's so few of them. Too. There are so why, few of them. <laughs> why do we not have more tokens? Yeah. They're not falling from the sky, unfortunately. No. Unfortunately not. Yeah. Yikes. That was a that was a miss. But the yeah, yeah, I mean, okay, I will I will say the one downer. Freaking edge of extinction. I get it now. I remember why I don't like it. Mm -hmm. But it's it's a it's okay. I can handle it. I can tolerate it. 
Yes, I am. I am trying to be good today and not give any Edge of Extinction talk. Personally. What? Uh, so I doubt. I, I, I doubt I, that you're going to be able to no, pull that off. No, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try not to. Mm, we'll uh, see. But but uh, besides your excitement, Leanna, there is something else to be excited about this week because. Monday is Jessica's birthday. So before we go any further, happy birthday, Jessica. Well, thank you very much, David. I appreciate that. Yeah, you know, I'm turning 29, right? Isn't that what I'm turning? I believe that's. Again, I I swear every year we have the podcast for turning 29. I I must be misremembering. I think you are. Yeah. Pretty sure it's 29. Yeah, that's what I remember. (laughs) But happy birthday, Jess. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. Yes, it's it's been a fun weekend. My husband had a little get together for me last night, which was quite nice. We had a good time playing some games, hanging out. So it was fun. It was certainly fun. And then today I get to spend preparing for this. So fun weekend, all the stuff I love doing. So thank you very much for that, David. I appreciate it. And thank you, Liana. All right. So. Uh, see, you already played games. That's why we're not playing games. Here. Oh, I know, but I feel like we should have had a game prepared. I was kicking myself yeah. for not coming up with one, but we'll we'll still get through it. I'm sure we'll be I, okay. Okay. I think the game here is: Can David go the whole podcast without talking about the end of extinction? <gasps> That's a that's really a great idea. The game. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. Well, I no, like this. This is no, good. No trying to trick me into doing. Oh, it come on! We're going to do this. It's going to happen. Hmm. <laughs> All right, so we've already talked about how the B&B has uh, lots of games. And for any new listeners, uh, let me quickly go over what we'll be doing here. Uh, Each week, we look at the game of the person voted out and compare it to rules I originally wrote way back after season one and have been modifying ever since. And we evaluate how the player did. We we look at every piece of non-spoiler information available to us from what we saw on TV, CBS All Access, clips, social media, and in this case, even a one-on-one discussion with a fan. Uh, I pretty well decided that I'm not modifying the rules for this season. You know, each season I normally do, but it is so specialized. I mean, what are the rules going to say? Don't don't play on a poker show a year before you even knew that this thing was going to happen. Apparently, um, yeah. But you can find anyone can find the most recent seasons version at Rob slash blog slash survivor rules. Or you can get the shorter and much more colorful version of the rule in poster form at tinyurl.com slash David rules poster two. Uh, again, note the two at the end because uh, eBay messed with us. Yes, they did, unfortunately. But we got a new shipment in. So please feel free to order. Also, if you are outside of the United States, we can certainly make arrangements for you to get the poster as well. Just contact me in my DMs or Twitter, and we can make arrangements to get that shipped to you. $20 plus shipping. They look great in the frame. They're 11 by 17 is the size, I believe, if I'm yes. remembering correctly. So yes, order up. They are beautiful. And we should right, probably again, mention, which I don't think we've done yet, but there are people on the poster that are on this season. Yes, there are. That's a very good point. <laughs> it's a great point, right? We should probably mention that. It's a good selling point. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's tinyurl.com slash David Rules Poster 2. Uh, but before we get to the rules, I have one particular topic I want to discuss. And no, it's not Edge of Extinction. Uh, it, <gasps> Does that count? No, I'm saying it's not. I think that, that still counts. Count. What do you think, Liana? Does that count? I couldn't mention it. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Right. That was easier than I thought. That was so easy. 
Yeah, no, I, I I really want to take the win here, but I think I think we can't. We can't. It's too easy. Too easy. All play right, again. we'll play again. Okay, all right. We'll all see right. how long we can make the next time go. So uh, the topic is a realization on my part that if there were a bossy guy running everything and telling all the other players what to do in any other season, mm-hmm. they'd vote his ass straight out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Boston Rob has been getting away with it. You know, we, we haven't seen any discussion among the others, but I feel like they've just kind of decided to let him and Parvati think they're running things and keeping those two in the game as huge shields for them. Liana, do you think it's that or something else? Well, I think in a normal season of Survivor, you have a wide range of players that come in with a different set of experiences. So some people are going to step up. Some people are going to want to hang back. But in this season, every single player is essentially starting with the exact same opening move. And that is do not say a single person's name. And so because you have everybody playing the essentially exact same game, one person stepping up is actually able to take the lead and kind of make it work because of that. It seems like when no one is willing to say a name, you actually kind of need that one person who's willing to step up and say, "Okay, well, let's just go for this person. And then everybody else who's like, "Okay, yeah, fine by me. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. So they'll jump at it and they'll. They'll, you know, allow that person to kind of take control. So I think that's definitely what we're seeing so far, just based on the players that we have and their personal experiences. And it's interesting that you mentioned the whole no one wants to drop a name because we saw that this week. The person who did drop a name ended up becoming the target of the vote and going home. So I do think that that is spot on. Nobody wants to be the first person to say anything. They're kind of looking at each other like, can you read it from my mind as I'm looking at you? But I don't want to necessarily say I want to vote Parv out, but I, that's what I'm telling you with my eyes. So it's it's interesting to watch that they all kind of are falling into that role. But it's it's fascinating to see how comfortable Rob is in the position that he's in and how he's not panicking. And he even talked about it, how he has to not panic in order to manipulate the pawns, if you will, so he can put all of the pieces where he wants in order to then vote people out later. And the fact that he played that game the entire time people were coming to talk to him, I found quite fascinating. Like they were all coming to Rob as he was like tossing that ring onto the tree on the string. I And like it was such a really like boss move because he wasn't going out scrambling, trying to talk to people. They were all coming to him as he was just entertaining himself with this game. I thought it was really, really incredible. Yeah, I, I guess the question is, is the ring toss going to be the new hammock? You know, yeah. where, where uh, we used to see people, uh, you know, being the mob boss from the hammock and they'd get voted out. So is the same thing going to happen to him? But, you know, before we get to, to that point, I, I also think just a, a perfect example of his overall behavior was you know, the TSA bag search at tribal council. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I don't think the others all did it just because it was Rob. I, I think if anyone in just about any season had pushed it, everybody else would have probably done it. So as not to appear suspicious, you know, you're at tribal council. Mm. You don't want to say, no, I refuse to do that. Of course. And I think Rob, you know, Rob is the only one with the cojones to actually do that because anybody else in any other season would worry about getting targeted. And, you know, I, I did think it was a little silly. And I agreed with Adam both that they shouldn't have to do it. And 
of course, with doing it anyway. But apparently Rob forgot you can hide idols in places besides your bag, like Adam did with his crotch idol in his season. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jessica, what do you think about how Adam handled the situation? Well, I have to say, overall, I've been very impressed with Adam's gameplay thus far because he seems to be one of the only people on the tribe that's kind of willing to step up to Rob in a way. But Rob is still coming to Adam with information. So he's he's found himself in a very interesting place because he's clearly very aware of what's happening. He's trying to take control, but he's also stepping up a little bit. So I appreciate his willingness to do that. And as far as that whole thing with tribal council, it was really entertaining and funny to watch. But yes, there's pockets. There's other places that you can hide idols. And, you know, I will just say that in my season, when I ended up picking a rock, we had the same discussion. Everybody was discussing dumping their bags and it was something that was about to happen. And then it shifted and we ended up not doing it. So it's something I think that probably comes up quite a bit. But I, I do agree with you, David, that if anybody had said, I'm not doing this, this is ridiculous, then you become the target because then people are going to be suspicious. So the fact that Adam and Denise were able to pull off hiding their idols the way that they did was very impressive. And I am impressed that Adam did, did say to Rob, like, why? Nobody needs to know that any of us have an idol, but he still went along with it because he understands the ramifications if he doesn't. I loved the bag being dumped on the floor scene. I <laughs> loved it so much. And part of the reason why I loved it, and I actually didn't catch this until the rewatch, was before they do it, when Ben is blabbering about something about everybody being paranoid, you can see Boston Rob start to whisper to the people mm. around mm -hmm. him. And it's right before the bag scene. And this could be fancy editing, I'm sure. But in my heart of hearts, I'd like to believe that that's Boston Rob turning to Ethan and saying, hey, do you think we should uh, make him dump his bag out? Because then he, tur he turns it back and he laughs afterwards. Boston Rob laughs. That's what I imagine it is. And I would love for that to be the case of this is just Boston Rob like trolling people. Or, I think I it is. Know. No, I completely agree with you. I really think that that's exactly what it was. Because that's Rob being very Rob, where yes. he wants to have control of the situation and he wants to make people feel uncomfortable while he's being in control. So if he can start whispering and, hey, I got this funny idea, let's do this because it's going to throw people off. But it's him still controlling that moment. So I think that's exactly what he was doing. So funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, whether or not that is what it what happened, I choose to live in your world, Liana, <laughs> where, you know, where where that's what happened. So. Yeah, I, I, I it's interesting because listening to Jamal talk on the recap, he talked about everything that happened in tribal council was theater. Mm. And he made it sound like literally everyone was in on it. And I just don't think that's true. I mean, he had a number of hot takes, some of which I agreed with, some of which I didn't. I guess that's what makes them hot takes. Uh, but yeah, I, obviously, there's a lot of theater that goes on at tribal council. I don't think this was one of them, because in part because I don't think Adam is a good enough actor to appear that annoyed mm -hmm. and also because then Denise would have known don't put your idol in your bag. Right. So, you know, yes, there's a lot of theater and that may have been Rob orchestrating the theater, but the rest of them didn't know they were supposed to be actors. Oh, for sure. I completely agree with that. And I, I am impressed that Denise was able to hide her idol the way that she did and that nobody really, it didn't appear as if anyone was actually going through anyone's stuff either. People took it out at their own pace. 
and kind of, but Ben really was a distraction. I do agree with that through the whole process. Yeah. So that, that probably helped Denise and Adam big time. Right. Yeah. It's not like he was going around with a stick and a flashlight. Like, all right, right. let me see what's in there. <laughs> you know, like, no, no. Exactly. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> all right. Uh, do either of you have anything else you want to talk about before we get to the rules now that we've covered Rob? I say let's go for it. All right. Okay, then we'll move on to the woman we're mainly here to talk about. Uh, Danny started out precariously, but then seemed to be in a safe space. Then from what we saw on TV, she blew up her own game. Was it really as simple as it appeared? As Parvati asked, is she just clueless? Or is there more to the story? It's time to find out why Danny lost. The first and most important rule talks about the need to scheme and plot. And Danny certainly knew she had to do this and immediately started in the direction that many of us thought would happen going after the biggest targets, which in her tribe's case was Boston Rob. Uh, then she recovered from this confrontation, uh, from his confrontation of her when Ben spilled all the beans, which was some good maneuvering on her part. She said at tribal council, I played a loyal game with great alliances, and I thought I had some of that forming in this game. And okay, you know that part was good. But then she continued, clearly all of a sudden I didn't. The past couple days, people running off and talking, and when you're not involved in those conversations, then you know you're on the bottom. Now, Jessica, you've been in a similar situation. Do you think she read it right? Or did the old school alliance just rely on her and didn't check in because they didn't think they needed to? No, I think she was reading it completely wrong. I really do. I think that this was a matter of a lot of paranoia just seeping in. And I think that it stems from the game that she played previously. She played a much different game previously because there wasn't so it just didn't move at the, at the pace that it moves now. And I feel like the loyalty that she had the last time she played, she could rely on because that was the way that people used to play this game. Loyalty was like the top. If you had people that were loyal to you and loyal with you, then you would you didn't need to check in. You didn't need to worry because everybody was kind of on the same page. But now the game moves at such a different pace. And I feel like she was seeing that pace. And she even said in her pregame interviews that she's out of the loop with these people. And I think she's out of the loop, honestly, with how the game has changed so significantly. And she did really well last week recovering. And I was impressed with her last week when she said to Rob point blank, yeah, I did say your name. And I said other people's names because we're all targets or threats for different reasons. So she recovered exceptionally well. But then I really think she just let it get into her own head that if you see people talking and you want to be involved in those conversations, you also need to step up. Like we saw Kim do last week where Kim was going to people and talking to people and trying to be involved. Danny needed to do the same. Instead, I feel like she just recoiled and saw people talking and then went, oh my gosh, I'm the target now because they're not talking to me. And then shot herself in the foot by going after poverty. So I do think that it was just a whirlwind of her misreading what was actually transpiring. Yeah, I co-signed that. I think there were a number of errors that started to compound. But if you look back on sort of what was the, uh, you know, the first 
initiating event of this. It seems to be the misread of the conversations that were happening around her. And I think, like Jess mentioned, the pace of the game obviously has changed. But another thing is that Guatemala was freaking brutal. They had no Mm. food. They were exhausted all the time. You just physically can't move fast. Your brain can't move fast. (laughs) When you're out here, you've got a plethora of breadfruit, apparently. You know, that allows you almost to have the energy to be paranoid. Whereas you Mm. may not have had that before when you're playing in a season that is so just physically draining and I almost have to wonder if that was kind of part of it you know you you see these other conversations happening around you and you you can't help but sort of start to freak out about the situation and I think that that was definitely the start of her downfall yeah you mentioned the uh, food situation and this is a uh, definitely a tangent but it was something uh, that Jessica and I were uh, briefly talking about on Twitter there it was a secret scene when the one tribe got back with their spices and the size of the bowls of rice that each of them had, I don't think I've ever seen a bowl of rice that big on Survivor. I know, right? I was in shock when I saw how large those bowls were. And I mean, it it was massive. That was an insane amount of rice. Insane. It's it's the paranoia rice. It's too much energy. You're going to be paranoid out there. <laughs> Plus, more people can have conversations, which means you see more people having conversations. I don't know. It's a it's a crackpot theory, but potentially there's some yes. legs to it. <laughs> All right. So moving on to the second rule, it says not to scheme and plot too much uh, and to keep your scheming secret and not to backstab too soon. Now, I don't know about you two, but I don't think Danny Danny had any problems in this area. I mean, she obviously kept all her scheming secret in no way tried to backstab an ally too soon clearly she was totally fine here right liana <laughs> yeah it, the, the, I, I detected perhaps a hint of sarcasm in your voice no. david uh here yeah oh my goodness gracious when i was you know i'd pulling up the rules and i was going through stuff in preparation for this and i like almost bold underlined italicized this rule because for me this was clearly the one that set Danny off down the wrong path. I mean, think about some of the things that happened. So you have her turning to plot against Parv by telling Boston Rob, who is Parv's mm-hmm. number one, like mistake number one. Then you also have the conversation with Ethan and Ben. I mean, those are really the two biggest things that stand out to me. Like Ethan. Oh, my God. Ethan's response of, you know who he is, right? When <laughs> Danny is talking about there was the old school thing and Ben is right there. Oh, my gosh. It was a priceless moment, but I think was a very uh, clear indication that she was breaking rule number two. For sure. And she it was almost uncomfortable to watch her in those situations because, I mean, the reaction that Ethan had, I think all of us were sharing at that same moment, like kind of dropping her head and trying to not laugh. Like, what is wrong with her right now? And I don't think she did a good job kind of pulling herself out of that either when she was trying to explain to Ben that, oh, no, no, there's no old school. That's what she had just said. So it's, you know, it's it's like, well, no, that's exactly what you just said. And he was pointing out that that's what she just said. So there's really no digging yourself out of that. And I do have to appreciate Ethan, too. I I just want to mention this briefly because I don't know if you saw the scene when Ethan was practicing with Parvati how to talk to Danny if he needed to. Uh, But that was really incredibly adorable to watch. And I love that he came at her with, 
well, what is it you've heard or something like that's what he actually said to Danny, like, or how did your conversation with Rob go? You know, and and because he put it back on her, which I thought was great that he was wanting her to talk. But then she threw herself under the bus by doing that and threw them all under the bus. But then to further it and make it even worse by talking to Rob, as you mentioned, Liana, that I I really I'm struggling to understand what her hope was at that point. Like you are going to someone who you've already had to re like how do you had to win Rob back over because she mentioned his name first and and had to get in his good graces again and she was in his good graces and then she's going to go back to him and say well but now I want to vote out your number one and I I really don't understand how she thought that that was going to work out for her I really am unsure what her plan of attack was Yeah, and now this is where I've gotten some information from a fan who spoke to Danny the night of the premiere. Uh, and he relayed that Danny said Parvati was the one who made the final decision on the group voting out Natalie. And after the vote, when they came back, Jeremy wanted to know what happened, and Ben was all too happy to tell him. When Jeremy then confronted Parvati, she apparently threw Danny under the bus, saying it was her decision. So obviously, Danny wasn't very happy that Parvati was saying that. Of course, now we're relying on on Danny's account of the situation to this fan who related to me. And, you know, but even if every word of what Danny said is true, it still doesn't explain why she thought it would be a good idea to go to Parvati's closest ally mm-hmm. and tell him they should get rid of her. Like you were just mentioning, the only thing that could possibly make any sense is that perhaps the alliance between Rob and Parvati is not as obvious in Fiji as it is on TV, or it maybe it just wasn't as obvious to Danny because maybe she thought she was the one who was closer to Rob. I mean, I know some alliances are more obvious to us, but Jessica, do you think Danny could have missed how close Rob and Parvati are? I don't know how you can miss it. I mean, I understand they can do wonderful things with editing for sure. But if there is this old school alliance happening and that's what you really think is is happening. So Danny believes that there's this old school alliance and she's concerned with her place in that alliance. Why are you going to the people who are part of that old school alliance to try to vote one of those people out? It would have made more sense for her to say, you know what, I think I'm on the outs with this old school alliance and I'm going to go to the new school people and I'm going to talk to them and see if they would get on board with me to vote out Parv because I feel like I'm on the outs with them. And so I I just feel like she was at least privy enough to the information that these people had formed some type of a group, even if you don't want to say it's a full on alliance, but there was an old school, new school breakdown. And so for her to go to the mob boss, as people have been referring to Rob, to talk to him about taking one of their own members out doesn't make any sense. I don't know how she could have at least missed that there is an old school. Whether or not Rob and Parv are really that close on the island, she clearly knew that they were talking to each other because they were talking in a group as part of that old school alliance. 
Right. I mean, unless she thought that somehow that old school group had just absolutely completely dissolved and there was no remaining relationships left Mm -hmm. from that old school alliance. You're right. It doesn't really make sense to go to a member of your old alliance that you want to take us. You know what I mean? Like there's too many, too many connections that are there. Why not go to somebody like Michelle or Jeremy, who at least from what we're seeing on our television screens is definitely more on the outs and who can help Mm -hmm. make something happen. It was just a lot of really odd choices with who she was deciding to share information with. And also the choice to go after Parv, I thought was also very odd. Uh, it, it, I mean, I guess, you know, with the evidence that we have, okay, sure, I can see it. But there's so many other players. If you want to try to salvage something with the old school, you know, then pick a new school player to go after. Or if you're done with old school, stick with the new school. Like you said, there were just so many decisions here that just didn't quite make sense. Yeah. Head scratcher all around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we'll... uh We'll we'll encounter that in uh, some of the upcoming rules. But before we go on to those, let me take a quick break to let listeners know that this episode of Why Blank Lost is sponsored by Expedia, and they are having a spring savings sale with up to 40% off select hotels. If you're planning to travel before May 31st, head to robhasawebsite.com slash travel to book. Now, I personally use Expedia services to book flights and hotels all the time, especially for know-it-alls travel, which... I guess makes up most of my travel, actually. And it costs nothing extra for the user, but you can help support RHAP and get a look at all the different uh, varying prices so you can make your selection. This offer is valid in both the U.S. and Canada. Canadians don't have to DM Jessica specially or anything. (laughs) And again, (laughs) again, that's robhasawebsite.com slash travel for up to 40% off hotels. And now we're going to break for messages from our other sponsors, if there are any for your area. If not, we'll be back even quicker. We're back. So let's go on to the third rule, which talks about being flexible. Uh, I feel like Danny showed flexibility early on when she went from targeting Rob to working with him after he confronted her. But other than that, I'm not really sure that either she had much opportunity or that she did much. I, I don't know. Jessica, what do you think? No, I really feel like she gave up, honestly, like that was the the feeling and the sense that I got from her, especially when she was in tribal council talking about how she thought that she had this loyal group of people. And you've already gone through what she said at that tribal in particular. But it really it it seems like she had given up at that point that, oh, I thought I was with these people and now I'm not anymore. And when people are going off and having conversations, you realize that you're at the bottom and they were reminding her. No, this is Survivor. You know, this is this is how you play the game. And I just I feel like she just I don't know. It it was very odd to see her response to feeling like she was being left out and then not utilizing that to further her her situation in the game by going to the other people on the other side. She she really just kind of gave up or she threw all of her eggs in one basket and went to Rob and hoped that Rob would just listen to her. And make this happen. So I, I really was, I was surprised, honestly, because I wasn't sure what to expect from Danny coming into this because Danny did play such a quiet game the last time she played. And people were very kind of um, confused about what her strategy was because she was keeping it so secret to see her come on so strong in her, in last week's episode, I was impressed because, okay, she seems to have some understanding about 
the dynamics of the game. She knew how to save herself really quickly. She got herself back in with the group that she needed to be in with. So I gave her props. But then this week was a completely different side. And I really feel like I I just feel like the game got the better of her. Hmm. I have a question. David, do you think that she knew that Danny knew that her goose was cooked at the tribal council? Or do you think that she was still holding on to hope that maybe Parv would go home? I think she was still holding on to hope. I don't know. It's honestly, until you guys just mentioned it, um, it, it didn't occur to me to, to rewatch with that in mind. Um, I, I, I don't think she had the same, you know, uh, slumped shoulders, uh, you know, attitude of I'm definitely going here. I think that she was when she was saying I played this way and then I saw these other people running around. I think in her mind, she still thought that she was voting out poverty and that Rob and others were on board with it. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily have a good answer. Just do you feel one way or another? I it's hard to tell because. I remember watching the tribal council and then you see all of the votes and everybody votes for Danny that did she really feel like she had formed like a coalition that was going after Parv? We didn't see her have any conversations with Adam or with Jeremy. And, um, you know, there, there didn't seem like she was really kind of stretching out the tentacles to make sure that she had the numbers. Maybe she did not and we just didn't see it, but I can't imagine that they would have kept something so significant out. We saw the conversations about Parv happening with the new schoolers, but nobody was bringing Danny into the fold and they knew that Danny was the other potential vote. So it seemed as though the new schoolers were considering this idea of flipping the game and taking out Parv or we could just take out Danny and that's an easy vote because everybody's kind of on the same page. So I do really think that she put her reliance and her faith into into Boston Rob and was and was hoping that by Boston Rob saying, yep, you got I'm, I'm with you, you know, we're going to fist pound and that's it. We're pinky swearing that this is what's happening, that she kind of left it alone and was like, OK, I'm good. He's going to take care of it. That's what I feel like happened is that she let him or she was relying on him to do the dirty work. And then that's not what happened because he was voting out Danny. Yeah, because I, I guess the reason why I'm, I'm sort of trying to understand this is do I think that her what I believe to be in action at tribal council was because she thought either she it was defeatist. I'm going home. It's a done deal or, oh, it's OK. Boston Rob has a plan in the works or, you know, there is some plan in the works. I don't really need to uh, to deal with it, because I think from what we saw from her at tribal, it was a lot about how she's on the bottom. She's left out of conversations. There didn't seem to be a whole lot of maneuvering. And mm-hmm. if you're going to edit down this tribal council, maybe some of some some of that stuff got cut. Right. Of course, you want to keep the Boston Rob dumping the bags out, you know, and 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 Adam <laughs> being all incredulous and Denise trying to like secretly hide the idol. Like I get why all of that got included. So it's kind of hard to really analyze what Danny was doing at tribal council because from what we saw, it really seemed to be that one note of I'm on the bottom. I'm left out of conversations. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would like to think if she knew that she was doomed, that she would have been flexible enough in that tribal council to then speak up and say, look at this. Why are you letting this guy tell you what to do? Everyone should right now stand up and show that you're your own individual and vote him out. You know, something that would have been a fight. And the fact that she didn't, or at least we didn't see anything, and I think that's something they would have shown, I think 
tells me that she didn't know she was going. Yeah. And you have to go back to to what she also said. And the card that she was relying on is her loyalty. Like she played a very loyal game in, when she was in Guatemala and she wants to play a very loyal game now. So maybe she was trying to tell Rob, I'm going to be loyal to you, which is exactly what she told him when they had that conversation by that. We, I wish we had a name for that game that he was playing. <laughs> it's, yeah, but, the, the ring ring hook game ring <laughs> no. toss I was, <laughs> ring on a string i don't know whatever it was ring on the ring string, on the string. There you go. but i mean he actually you know she's she promised herself to him really in that moment she's like if you do this for me i'm with you to the end of the game and and he was like okay and i think she really bought into it i think she really thought that he was going to have her back and maybe that was her reminding him while she was sitting there that I'm a loyal person. And I don't know if that was that was her ploy, was that she's going to make it sound as if I'm this very loyal individual and that's the game that I want to play. And I thought that that's what I was doing, was showing my my loyalty to my alliance. But yeah, it really, it certainly didn't work out for her, clearly. But it, it was a very odd approach in the type of game that we see everybody playing now, especially in this season when it's, very fast paced and people are very aware of what's transpiring. And she clearly was unaware of what was transpiring. All right. Uh, we can move on to the fourth rule, which tells players not to let their emotions control them. And this is what I was talking about earlier that I think will uh, hit on some, some points. Uh, now Dalton Ross in his entertainment weekly recap said, Danny failed to adjust to the speed of the game and panicked because of the strategy talk happening that didn't involve her. And now situations like this always make me ask, is paranoia an emotion? Now, Liana, as a scientist, can you answer that? Is paranoia an emotion? <laughs> I think that's a, Love little, that. it's a little bit outside of my area of expertise. <laughs> uh, but I think that that's actually a really great question. I think that paranoia, if it's not an, emu an emotion... By gosh, it is fueled by emotion for sure. I mean, essentially, it's this what like extreme distrust of other people. And I think that that is sort of inherently motivated by emotion because you are feeling nervous. You are feeling like you're on the outs. And all of that is coming by something that is intrinsic to you. That is your emotional response to the events that are going on around you. And I mean, my God, if I had to summarize, like paranoia is what hit Danny so incredibly hard. And I think you see her make a lot of emotional decisions, especially going back to the conversation with Ethan and Ben. I think she really wasn't even thinking about who she was talking to because emotionally she was feeling like she was on the outs and feeling like she was vulnerable and wanted to be able to build a connection with somebody. And so it wasn't even necessarily so much about who she was talking to. It was just she was trying to have that emotional connection. And I think that that is one of the reasons why she wasn't making the logical decisions that she maybe necessarily needed to. Mm hmm. I do think that when you're out there on the island, you spend so much time in your own head, kind of talking yourself through what's happening. And because you're doing that, you have a tendency to read into things too much. And you could see two people sitting together watching the sunrise and immediately think, well, they're talking about me or they're talking about the game. And they might actually just be talking about the sunrise. You know, people do have just regular conversations when they're out there. And it's interesting because we did see Boston Rob mention that 
that this is one of the problems with the new schoolers is they don't take any time to just talk to people and have like real conversations with them. And so I, I do think that there's somewhat of a disconnect out there when you're seeing these things happen and you believe, oh, it must all be about the game, but it might not be about the game. And she was really spinning her own wheels and doing this. So I, I do think that it came from an emotional place with her because of the response that we saw her have to it. She didn't look at it from a strategic standpoint at all and say, oh, well, maybe I can use this to further my game. She had that like knee jerk reaction of, well, I need to go and try to ingratiate myself with these people again. And I need to share some information and let them know that I'm still with them. But it was it really wasn't well, it wasn't thought through well at all. And we saw that because of the names that she's dropping and who she's dropping them with and how she's going about it. So I have to I've got to agree that it, it has to come from an emotional place when that paranoia is feeding your own brain. And then these are the words that are coming out of your mouth. Yeah. Now, the other issue here goes back to what the fan told me Danny said, because if indeed she was targeting Parvati because she was mad about being thrown under the bus for the Natalie vote, Mm -hmm. well, then that's a problem, too. Now you have paranoia and you have anger coming into it. Now, you know, she couldn't say it was anger or rather if you questioned her, she might say, oh, it wasn't anger. Mm -hmm. It was a lack of trustworthiness, which, you know, sometimes people will say to make it sound like it's more logic and less emotional. But I don't know. It sounded by the description of the fan. And again, we're going off of what Danny is saying, you know, a long time later. Um, But I don't know, Jessica, what do you think? Anger, uh, lack of trustworthiness, neither or both? No, I think that's a really great point, because if you remember one of the things that she said, and I can't remember who exactly said it to, but it was. There was this almost like hurtfulness where she was talking about how she and Parvati really seemed to connect the first few days. And they, they, she felt really close to Parv and wanted to play the game with Parv. And then all of a sudden she felt like she was disconnected from her. So I, I do think that that's a, that's a great point. I do think that she was hurt and felt hurt by what she was experiencing with Parvati, that somehow Parvati had turned on her. And I and it's very likely that maybe that did happen because we did see her reference that she thought Parvati had turned on her. And maybe it was based on that Parvati was throwing her name under the bus and we just didn't see that. So I think that there's some legitimacy there for sure. Mm -hmm. I think that's a good distinction to make, too. And I, you know, far be it from me as as an incredibly emotional human being like I get it, girl. I'd be out there being like, I'm so sad. Why won't they talk to me and make terrible decisions? So, you know, like it's so hard. But at the same time, like that's what I see. And that's why I kind of feel like it definitely is that feeling of hurtfulness, because I, that's what I would feel, you know, and I, I can right. see it. I can empathize with that and I can understand why those were the decisions that were made based on the situation that she was in and what she was feeling. And, you know, obviously never played Survivor, but I, I can imagine from what I've heard, you know, just people like you that have been on the show and that have talked about it. This feels like something I've seen before and I could imagine happening. Oh, for sure. It's it definitely has a response. Like you react when you when somebody says something to you. You can't help but have an emotional reaction to it that's outside of the game and just being human. You know, where someone's, mm-hmm. it's, I remember the first time I had to lie to someone out there and how awful I felt because they were asking me point blank, am I getting voted out tonight? And it's that moment of panic where like, 
No, but they actually are. (laughs) So there is part of you that you can't, you obviously can't turn off when you're, when you're playing the game. And so you have to have the ability to do what Rob actually spent some time talking about. And that's not panicking. And even though all of these things are happening, and even though you're seeing these conversations being had and you're hearing these different bits of information from people, you have to remember what the end goal is and what you want the game to turn into for you. And that's what Rob is doing. Rob is trying to keep his emotions in check, even though his wife is on the edge of extinction, right? He's on the, uh, she's on the edge, right? Mm-hmm. David, she's on the edge, yes. the edge of extinction. Uh, what? What? She's on the edge. What? <laughs> I can't remember. David, do you know the answer? <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe there was a scene of her fishing. That's all I remember. Oh, damn it. That was so a nice what? fish, wasn't it? It was very pretty. Yeah. Wait, but where did she catch um, it, though? Yeah. It, from, in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But yeah, so I can't. I I really do think that it's just one of those unfortunate components when you are out there playing the game that there's just you have that response to someone when you when you believe that that person is with you and then you find out they're not, that's really hard to swallow. And it's hard to then turn it into a good game move and use it to further your own game and not have a reaction like we saw Danny have. Yeah. So, uh, Liana, you, you talked about how, you know, you're, you can imagine how your emotions would be going. When are you going out to Survivor so we can criticize you? For the oh, no, no. Day? That's exactly why I will not be going out <laughs> to Survivor. I belong indoors. <laughs> so maybe, maybe one day I'll let you guys critique the nonsense out of me. But, you know, until that day, I'll, I'll be safe <laughs> in, in my bedroom with my podcast microphone Monday morning or I guess Thursday morning quarterbacking. <laughs> I love it. And listen, on the heels of that, I have to mention this, David. My son said to me just the other day, he's like, so what season did David Bloomberg play anyway? And I was like, oh, I'm like, he's never been out in Survivor. He's like, what? He hasn't played? Well, if he applied, he would totally get on the show really, really quickly. And he would be on. No, like no questions asked. It was adorable. So you've got a huge fan in my son. Just so you know, David, you're going to go out there. Well, yeah, just. Just tell him that I'd never pass the medical. Uh, so, that, you know, yeah, that, would, that might that be a problem. Be problem. That might be a problem. <laughs> All right. We can move on to the fifth rule, and I think we can probably move pretty quickly past it. But let's see, because it's all about the social game and reminds players that they need to pretend to be nice. I saw nothing to indicate that she had any particular problems here. Jessica, did you see anything that raised any alarms with you? No, I I really keep replaying in my own mind, though, that it was kind of like a mean girls moment. Not for her. But she was reacting as if Harvardy was being a mean girl. And so I think that that's so she wasn't like I think she was being very friendly. I think she was being very sociable and I didn't see any issues. But I do feel like there was kind of a mean girl moment happening. But it wasn't because she was being mean, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I can agree with that. I can see it. The only thing that really stood out to me was the very intense eye roll at Tribal Council. I don't know if you Mm. guys saw it, but it was something I think it's something that Parv said and Danny just rolled her eyes. But, you know, it's it's challenging (laughs) to see it based on the view for the other contestants. So I think that she was okay. Yeah. I was just watching the uh, most recent uh, episode of Spy Games, uh, which will probably only make it one season. And one woman got in big trouble for rolling her See? eyes. So, 
you know, you got got to be careful about that. Eye rolls can get you in trouble for sure. You can add that oh, add yeah. that as a rule, yeah. David. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's it's a rule at work. I did have to uh, send a send an employee back to her cubicle when she rolled her eyes oh. at me one time. And, oh uh, my gosh, it's amazing. So, yeah. <laughs> so yes, it's a rule for me anyway. But uh, but anyway, uh, we'll we'll go on to the sixth rule for survivors instead of for working for David, uh, which warns against being too much of a threat. And uh, you know, coming into the game, I don't think Danny was seen as particularly being a threat. In our preview podcast, we talked about less threatening people and more threatening people and the combination of the two. And I would have labeled her and probably did as one of the least threatening players until she blew everything up. And then I think Danny made herself into the most threatening, least threatening person we referred to in that podcast. Mm-hmm. Liana, does any of what I just said make any sense? Well, that, that's why I was so surprised that she went out when she did. If, if I had just been given the boot list and I had found out that she was third boot, I'd be, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Like, that doesn't make any sense because, to, you know, to your point, I didn't expect that she was going to be considered a threat going into the season with so many other threats. But I guess what's still unclear to me is what? What did Boston Rob think of Danny? Like, did he really consider her to be a threat? Because it, it kind of came across that way. But then when thinking about it, it's like, well, what's Danny going to do? You know, I, is she going to rally the, the new school players? Or maybe Boston Rob feels like he has better connections with the other people on his tribe and going after Parv was the reason why. So, I mean, I guess she was a threat, I suppose. <laughs> Yeah, I, f- I feel like in previous times playing, his position has always been the moment you come for me or one of my allies, you're yes. a threat. And so for that reason, I think he felt he felt that she was a threat. And if the old schoolers were telling the new schoolers what to do and the new schoolers were just going along with it, that's that's all that was needed. I don't know. Jessica, what do you think? Well, I think the interesting component about Danny, and this is what we talked about pregame as far as Danny is concerned. No one really understood Danny's actual game coming into this. And I think that was because she was she actually kept it secret when she played in Guatemala and was very proud of the fact that she was able to keep her strategizing away from the producers and do things. So people didn't really know what to expect with Danny coming into season 40. So that, in my mind, made her more of a threat because you don't know what you're getting at least with a lot of these other players you're very aware of how they play the game you're very aware of what they're going to do coming into the game and you have some expectations about how they're going to play danny no one really had any true expectations because everyone was kind of curious what she was going to do and then i think what we saw happen was immediately in the first episode she targets rob and rob has to go to her and she quickly shifts gears and saves herself impressive So Rob is, I think, very mindful of this. She's already said my name, and I had to correct that. Now, here we are in the next episode, and we're finding out that, oh, now she's targeting Parv. So she's already said my name. Now she said Parvati. I don't know what she's going to do next. Mm. And he's probably very fearful of all of those new schoolers. And if they really get any momentum, there's more new schoolers than there are old schoolers at this point. And if Danny decides that she's shifting gears and she's going to go play with them. He and Parvati are in a lot of trouble. So she becomes a huge threat to 
Boston Rob at that point. And so I think her going to Boston Rob really was the final nail in the coffin for her. And that's why he was like, she's got to go home because he doesn't know what she's necessarily capable of. But he is, I think, aware of what the other new schoolers are capable of. You've got Adam and Jeremy and Denise, and they're all very tight and they're talking a lot. Michelle is right along with them as well. Ben, wild card, but seems to be kind of in between. So I think that that was what made her threat level increase exponentially. All right. I didn't know. Now, now, Jessica, you had said in our preview podcast, um, and this was what I was going to say. I didn't know if, if you wanted to talk about this now, uh, that you would have voted for her as the first one. Absolutely. Out. Yeah. And I, I and, and so that was why. Hmm. Yes. OK, that's what I was going to ask you. Yeah, because and, and it makes me wonder some of the same things. Like if you don't know, yeah, that can be seen as a threat if you don't know what the heck they're going to do. Right. Sometimes it's like um, the, I always get the saying, Ron, but it's like you're better with the devil that, you know, as opposed to the devil that you don't kind of thing. And I feel like for her, she was such a question mark in people's minds that you you really are unsure how she's going to be approaching the game. And I think what we saw was a very kind of, I mean, you want to talk about a wild card. I feel like she turned into a very big wild card in all of the conversations that we saw her having, you know, she was having with people and, and basically giving up their strategy, like telling people who are, and when she's talking to Ben and Ethan, she's telling Ben their secrets, you know, like this is someone that you can't play the game of survivor with. If they're going to give up your secrets, you can't rely on that person to actually be on your team if they're telling the other team what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I guess in terms of the longevity, her longevity in the game, what I was originally thinking was, yes, she may be an unknown, but she's not going to do anything crazy or anything that would be, you know, rash and sort of out of place. And I kind of feel like because then that happened. So um, now that whole part really gets <laughs> removed. And and like you said, oh, well, who's she going to tell if we try to make an alliance with her uh, because she was willing to say something in front of Ben? So, yeah, you know, it's interesting because Ben is sort of portrayed as the wild card and people are thinking about, you know, Boston Rob even said it, you know, what what's Ben going to do? What's Ben going to do? And but it seemed in this circumstance that, you know, get some sort of unity vote together and go with that. I also don't know if there is an element of these players playing for the swap and thinking about that coming up. I don't know if that had maybe influenced Mm -hmm. any of the logic to take out Danny here, Uh, but but it could be something. So instead of essentially firing across the bow to take out one of the new schoolers, it's like, it's all right. Danny's also a wild card, so we'll go ahead and take her out. Um, And I think we'll be setting ourselves up for potentially working with more people in the future. That's a good point. That's definitely a good point because the swap is looming Mm -hmm. and I'm sure people are very aware of that. And if you have someone that you're not sure where they're going to fall, it's easier and safer to just get rid of them if everybody agrees that that's the consensus. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, going on to the seventh rule, it covers idols and advantages. And the first 15 minutes of the episode was all about this topic, but Danny wasn't involved in any of it. Uh, we don't know if she searched, but my general presumption uh, in such matters is that everybody searches unless for some reason we're told that they don't. But she didn't find anything and didn't have anything given to her from anywhere else. Uh, So I don't think 
this rule really applied unless either of you think I'm missing anything. Liana? No, there's nothing I can really think of. I don't know. Is the uh, ring on a string game related somehow to <laughs> do advantages? I don't think so, but yeah. otherwise, no. Well, how about the fact she gave her token to Denise? Mm. I thought that was interesting because I'm, I was scratching my head a little bit trying to figure out why she gave her token to Denise. It seemed odd. I mean, Denise must be the person she has the closest relationship with, but it's weird because we never saw her have any conversations really with right. Denise. So that felt like it came out of nowhere. She's not going to mm-hmm. give it to Boston Rob. She's not going to give it to Parv. She's not going to give it to Ethan. So I don't know. Maybe there was some sort of kinship with Denise and that's why. But I, I honestly have no good reason why Denise was the one who got the, the token. I was glad she did. Uh, I, but yeah, weird. Yeah, I think it's because I kept confusing the two of them in the preseason. And so somehow that thought process traveled back in time. The butterfly effect. And yes. And so she just said, oh, well, if we're the same person, then I might as well just give it to myself. (laughs) Which is hilarious because there's so many comments on various like uh, posts and whatnot where people are confusing Denise and Danny. (laughs) Maybe that's what it was. I told you. That's it. I I told you I understand the mind of the casual. (laughs) That's That's it. That's it. (laughs) I love this. I love this through line. That's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we can move on to Appendix A, which is about the rest of the tribe keeping their end goals in mind when voting. And in particular, voting out the weak and the strong, then the weak and the strong in most cases. Right now, in theory, the tribe should be voting out the weak, which, of course, can mean physically weak or someone who is weakening the tribe morale from within. Now, they say paranoia will destroy you. And that applies to the tribe overall as well. If she was stoking these kinds of feelings, I could see the other players just wanting her gone. But I also feel like it was less that and more Rob and Parvati keeping their own long-term goals in mind, wanting to stay in control, wanting to get rid of anyone who dares mention their Mm -hmm. name. Jessica, does that sound right? I think it does. And I think that what we ended up seeing was interesting because I think Rob and Parvati both fed into that idea of paranoia because we saw that whole thing that transpired with Ben at Tribal Council. And he really went down the paranoia path. And they were kind of like calling him out on it, too, that like everybody's doing it. Everybody's paranoid. But I do think that there's this idea of playing both sides with them. They're very, very good at the game and they're very good at manipulating information. And so I do think that playing up this idea of paranoia actually helped them in the Danny vote. And I do think that it really was about their own end goals. Like Harv wanted to stay, Rob wanted to stay, obviously. But I think they managed to flip it and present it in such a fashion that it wasn't about them that it was about the tribe as a whole and that Danny is just, we don't know what she's doing and we don't know what she's saying. And she's, and I think they played up the paranoia so well that it ended up making the vote seem clean, even though it really was for their own best interest. Yeah. No one is playing for the tribe. Everybody is playing for their individual yeah, interests right. here. You know, uh, everybody is the Sandra, anybody but me strategy, it seems. Now we're getting a little bit of more complex strategy starting to form 
because, you know, you're having sort of this group of three of Parv, Ethan and, and Boston Rob sort of take shape. And then you have, OK, the the other um, new school players are sort of all right, let's make it this a, a, a team vote, I suppose. But they're all still in it for themselves. So I, I really think it's so hard to think about this from a tribe perspective when everybody is so self-interested. Yeah. Now, when I was watching live, I thought we were once again seeing tentative play on the part of everyone but Rob and Parvati. And well, I mean, I guess Danny, uh, but because you, know, you had Adam, Jeremy and Michelle with the opportunity in the palms of their hands to vote out Parvati. But nobody wanted to agree out loud. They just kind of looked at each other waiting for a sign. But the more I thought about it, in this case, the tentative move was probably the right one if they just wanted to go along for now and let Rob and Parvati think they're running mm-hmm. things. Liana, you know, Liana, do you think it may have gone along with what I was saying about continuing to use those two issues? Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's, it's easy because if you're also the new school players, you know, you have the numbers advantage now, especially with Danny gone. And so if for some reason there's no swap and you're still having to go back, I think then that's when you take the strike and you go after one of the shields because you still have, you know, if you take out Boston Rob, you still have Parv, take out Parv, you still have Boston Rob and Ethan's still there, you know, um, and so I think that, that that must be what they're thinking. And Adam even articulated it very clearly. That was you got to be able to take those risks, but you have to know when to take those risks. And I think that that's something that they're definitely keeping in mind. Again, I think the swap uh, or the potential of a swap is weighing heavy in everyone's minds. But if they go back to tribal, I wouldn't be surprised if we see somebody uh, strong go from the Boston Rob Parv contingent. Ooh, it's going to be dirty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love it. Love it. All right. Well, it's about time to wrap things up. Uh, so why don't we start with our guest and then go to the birthday girl? What are your final thoughts? Okay. My final thoughts. I know you guys always do such a great job of summarizing everything. So I was trying to think, all right, what am I going to, what am I going to say? First thing, the safety without power advantage is still a super, super stupid name. I think they need to change safety without power. Just sounds so <laughs> dumb. Isn't that just dumb? It's, <laughs> I agree with you. I agree. Like, it just, I don't know. It kind of undercuts it. I can imagine reading something like oh it's safety without power like man do i really want to spend a fire token on it (laughs) okay but that's besides the point my summary is paranoia I think that that was what did Danny in. I think that you can almost see at least the way that the show was edited, the inciting incident, which was that conversation she was left out of with Ethan Parv, Boston Rob all talking and she was left out. I think from then it just began to spiral and spiral and spiral. I think she dug herself into a deeper and deeper hole, wasn't able to get out of it. And I think that that was why Danny lost. I would second that for sure. I do think that Danny came into this game being an unknown for a lot of people. We weren't sure how she was necessarily going to approach this game. Obviously, loyalty is very significant to her. And I think she's playing with other people who also greatly appreciate loyalty. But she's also playing the game with people who understand the movements of this game now and how quickly things shift and the necessity that comes with having to have those conversations when you're out in the island. And sometimes you have to be the person to actually initiate those conversations and have those conversations. And while we saw her doing that, 
We saw her doing it in uh, not the best light. She was having conversations with the wrong people about the wrong people. And it was only adding to this paranoia that we heard you just speak of. It was feeding on that. And I think those conversations were coming from a place of fear where she thought she was at the bottom. She thought they were talking about her. She thought she was going to get voted out. And she really caused them to then really start talking about her because of the approach that she brought into those conversations. So I've got to give her props for at least trying, but she was headed down the wrong path. She should have been having conversations with different people. She should have been trying to pull off the vote that she wanted by talking to the people that would be likely to vote Parv out as opposed to someone like Boston Rob. And I think that Danny, although initially I was impressed with her gameplay and how she kind of saved herself when Rob pulled his magic and ended up having that conversation with her, but her response to it was so incredible. I thought that we would see more of that with Danny, but unfortunately I do agree with you. I think the paranoia fed on itself with her and she ended up having the wrong conversations based upon the paranoia she was feeling instead of using that to her advantage and having conversations that could have saved her. She actually had conversations that caused her demise. Yeah, Danny was, uh, like you just said, Jessica, one of those players coming in who was something of an unknown. I mean, even after I look back at my articles about her and my interview with her after she won, I still didn't really feel like I knew much about how she would play. And that made her a lesser threat, at least in the beginning, as we discussed. But Danny didn't stay that way because unlike so many on her tribe, she was ready, willing and eager to immediately name names. The first one she named was the one so many of us thought might be the initial target, Boston Rob. It's clear she was thinking along that same mindset, but she said it out loud without first getting the lay of the land, and it quickly got back to him. Danny deserves credit for turning the situation with Rob around and aligning with him and the other old schoolers, but the urge to name names came back again, and this time she named Rob's closest ally to Rob. Even if she had good reason to be upset with Parvati, According to what she told a fan, this was too much and she needed to keep that anger or distrust inside. Danny was trying to adjust to the speed of the game, but on her tribe, people were still mostly playing cautiously, sometimes too cautiously. That clearly wasn't Danny's problem as she was willing to just jump right out in front with names, meaning she went quickly from one of the least threatening to the most threatening, specifically when it came to Rob Parvati and Ethan. And the others, who, as I said, were still playing cautiously, were more than happy to let the old schoolers turn on one of their own. Danny needed to not let the paranoia get to her. She needed to calm down and back off, but she gave up too much information and took a shot at the wrong people and basically breaking every part of the second rule. And that is why Danny lost. There we are. So there we are. There we are. Um, now, it is time, because uh, this week I remembered, uh, that uh, we have to do predictions. Yay! And uh, the, the, the thing, now, I, I will not uh, make Liana go first here, but uh, what I think we're going to do, since Liana won't be here next week, is whatever she says, we'll make fun of her when she's not here to defend herself mm-hmm. next week. Aw, that seems and, kind of unfair. And, well, but that way it'll distract from the fact that we'll probably get okay. ours wrong. All right. So, right. Just put everything on to me. I'll be the scapegoat here. <laughs> it's fine. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> I'm Sally on Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
hey, that's what we do at work. Someone retires and then bam, that's it. Everything that ever happened was right. That's a great idea. But unfortunately, she's not retiring. She has a podcast where she (laughs) can come back and talk about us. So be mindful of that. that, That's a good point. Oh, yeah, man. Right. Some, yeah, like Ooh. podcast <laughs> rivalries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that could be fun. You hear that? That could definitely be fun. <laughs> All right. So I'll, I'll give it a shot first here because in a preview, we see Adam saying the old schoolers have been running the tribe, and Rob in particular needs to feel like he's always in control, which is what we talked about earlier in the podcast. But Adam says Rob needs to adapt and play a little bit more like. Adam himself is playing. And but then he says this is the time to draw a line in the sand and maybe target some of the big dogs. And Adam may be right. The new schoolers on the tribe have been letting things happen around them, which has been good for self-preservation, but there comes time to make a move. And I don't remember which of you, but one of you said, yeah, if these guys go back, it would, you know, probably be something like that. But here's the thing. I don't think next episode is that time because I'm going to predict that Rob won't suck at the challenge again, and they'll actually win immunity, mm-hmm. which means we'll get to see more of what's going on with Yule and his group. Right now, Yule seems to have most of them locked down, which means he's going to have to turn on someone. If he feels like he has Tyson under his thumb and has Kim held at bay as well, well, then who's left? I think he will re-aim his group at the voting block of Sandra, Tony, and Sarah since he was mostly just using them for his own ends in the first vote anyway. Sandra has an idol, and I think if she feels like she's in danger, she'll play it. But I think Yule is going to go after Sarah instead. Um, You know, in, in part because Tony is more likely to have an idol, and there were a lot of people who wanted to target Sarah from the get-go. Now, I, I didn't go through this tribe to cross-reference to see if, you know, who was among it there. But my prediction after all of this is we're going to say goodbye to Sarah. Interesting. Um, Jessica, mm. Jessica, what do you think? Well, I'm going down a different path with this. Um, I agree that we are going to be seeing the red tribe going to tribal council. And although Yule did a great job of getting him and Tyson where he wants them to be. I still feel like we need to remember that Kim has an idol. And that Sophie knows that Kim has an idol because she gave Sophie half of it. Now, here's my question. And maybe one of you have the answer to this. I don't know. There's whole like there's two halves of this idol and you need to have both of them in order to make it work kind of thing. I thought it was very interesting that part of the edit included Kim saying to Sophie, do you want to just leave your half here with mine? And Sophie said yes, which means they've got it buried somewhere. So it's not in either of their bags. So. If Kim gets voted out, because we did hear Sophie say, why are you telling the devil that you shouldn't be telling that you've got this idol? Because I'm like the wrong person that she was telling about this idol. If Kim gets voted out, does then Sophie get the idol? Is that how it works? Like if they go to tribal council and Kim doesn't bring her half and Sophie has the other half or has both of the halves buried, does does Sophie get it? Do we know That's this a good question? I don't know. Um, or does it just disappear? If you have a regular idol in the game and you don't bring it to tribal council, you get voted out. It just doesn't exist anymore, right? Yeah, I mean, if but that's if you walk out with it. If it's buried somewhere, like if Kim walks into tribal council thinking that she's safe and Sophie has have, had her leave it buried in the dirt 
Sophie's still got half of that idol. Kim goes home. I'm curious if Sophie gets the whole thing because Sophie, I think, would be smart enough to go to Yule and say, listen, Yule, she's got one half of an idol. I have the other half of the idol, but they're together. They're buried together. If we send Kim home, I have a whole idol and now it's mine. I don't know if that's the case, but if it is, I could see Sophie using that to her benefit. And trying to get Kim voted out because of if, the idol. If you have a yeah. regular idol, I, I, right? Okay, like let's say theoretically you had a full idol and it was buried and you got voted out. So yeah, you didn't take it with you, but it was still like buried somewhere in the Fijian jungle. Can somebody else just go and dig it up and now it's their idol? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I'm gonna I'm gonna say no. I think once you have an idol. You have to give it to someone. But she gave, Kim and, gave the other half to Sophie and you have to have the whole only thing. Half. Right. Right. So I think, I think that yes, Sophie would have a whole idol for the purposes of a fake idol. But I think that the half essentially disappears from the game uh, once she's voted out. I also think it is highly unlikely that Kim will leave it there. No matter how safe she feels, mm-hmm. I think she will go back, dig it up, you know, tell Sophie to dig up her part and go, you know, and bring it with. Now, you know, maybe she, maybe Sophie still tells Yule, hey, she's got half an idol. Let's just vote her out. And if worse comes to worse, she says, give me your half idol. I'll pull a tie and just shake my head. But I, yeah, I, I don't know. That's... It's an interesting question. I, I, I thought it was I thought it was just fascinating because we heard Kim talking about how much she doesn't trust Nick and Tony when she found the idol. And then she magically made it disappear somewhere in her person, which was very impressive. Um, so she clearly is not in close with those people, with uh, with Nick and Tony. I know that you will kind of brought her back under the fold, but I also feel like idols are. Idols feed that paranoia we talked about. You know, people are very concerned about where the idols are and who has them. Sophie knows that Kim has one. And maybe that would ingratiate Kim more because she knows. But I I thought Sophie's response to it was so interesting because Sophie was like, why did you tell me? I am the last person you should have told. You should have told Tyson. So I do feel like Sophie's going to use this information somehow against Kim. I don't, and that was where my that was where my gut was going was that we're going to end up losing Kim because of that idol. I'm hoping that Kim is really able to work her magic over on Sophie. And so the things that Sophie was saying in this episode are things that maybe she was feeling initially. And then Kim really is able to uh, to work her social charm. That's my like fingers crossed type feeling. But, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if it'll happen. I'm just a bit Kim Stan. Oh, yeah, for sure. But I think Sophie realizes that about Kim, too, that this is what Kim is so good at. And, you know, so that could that could end up hurting Kim because someone like not that Tony and Sarah are not super scary. They definitely are. But Tony has definitely kind of been put in his place and he's behaving very well because he wants to not put a target on his back. And I feel like Sarah is someone that came in with a very big target on her and people really wanted to vote her out. But she's kind of melded in well. And that conversation by the well, I thought was interesting, you know, because Yule is is really kind of drawing in all of these people who are the outliers 
those not the old school people, the people that only played once that don't really have these connections. Now, Tony's got a lot of connections. Sarah's got a lot of connections, obviously, as does Sandra. But he seems to be pulling people in. And he was the one who was really pushing hard for this poker alliance and that people need to be concerned about this and be mindful of it. And Kim and Tyson are still part of that alliance. Kim and Tyson are connected to Rob through that alliance. And if anybody wants to get at Rob, they've already taken out Amber because of Rob. And so I feel like it would be one more like, see what we did to you, Rob? We took one of your other people out. So maybe it would be Tyson then. I don't know. Maybe I'm convincing myself it should be Tyson. (laughs) Who knows? Uh, All right. I'm going to take a completely different approach to what I think is going to happen. So I think Blue's going back to Tribal. Uh, And I am going to drop a... Oh, well, I don't know. I was going to say a Ben-like bomb, but it's not Ben. I think it's Boston Rob. I genuinely think it is. I think this is when the new schoolers are going to get together. They're going to say, okay, we have to take out one of these old school players. And, you know, thinking that, I don't know, maybe they're going to be going into a swap. I don't know. But I really think that this is the moment. You know, you had the opportunity last week with, okay, maybe we take out Parv. And here, I think maybe the charge is led by Adam Klein. Maybe it's Michelle. Maybe it's Jeremy. I don't know. But I think the trigger gets pulled and I think Boston Rob gets sent home or to EOE, I guess. <laughs> yes. Oh, to where? Where is he going? Oh, yeah. What does that stand for again? I I, I, I don't know. He gets his torch snuffed, according to what you're saying. I, <laughs> I don't think so, only because of Hubicki's law, which is I don't think they would have released that preview of Adam saying it's time to turn on Rob. If that's actually what happens. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. We'll see. Did you by chance, did you by chance see the video that Danny posted? No. Yes. What was this? She was, she was singing. She was actually lip syncing to a song <laughs> and it was pretty, it was pretty comical. I, but David, you saw it. What was, what was I she did, singing about? I don't about? remember the name of the song. I, I don't remember the name of the song. You'll no, you have it was on her sweatshirt, for God's sakes. <laughs> Listen, David. I just don't remember. Yes, you totally do. The man who remembers everything about every season of Survivor can't remember the song Danny was singing. Mm-hmm. Come out. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> you, you didn't see that? Uh, no, Leon? I didn't see it. You, you'd have to describe <laughs> oh, okay. it, David. I don't know. Uh, okay. Well, everyone go check mm. out her Twitter <laughs> and you'll find it. <laughs> He fell prey to this once. Damn it. All right. As we uh, begin to wrap up here, I want to encourage people to check out the RHAP patron program at robhaswebsite.com slash patron. There really is no better time to sign up than right now, as Rob has been saying. Uh, He just started a brand new patron only show in the hour before each episode of Survivor. He already does at least five patron only call in shows a month, plus a weekly Q&A show with his wife, Nicole. And of course, patrons get first access to live show tickets such as the four this season, at least one of which fully sold out to patrons only. There's also the Facebook groups where you'll find a great community of people you can talk to about Survivor, Big Brother, etc., including all three of us and more. Uh, remember to go to robhaswebsite.com slash patron. And once you get to the Facebook groups, make sure to say hello. Yes, you should definitely say hello. It is a great group of people who are huge Survivor fans, and there's wonderful just discussions about every episode and about the players themselves. So you should definitely check that out. And also we need to do some thank yous here as well. 
Um, we would like to thank Scott St. Pierre, who does the editing on Why Blank Lost podcast. And also thanks to Will from America for the incredible song. And we have to thank our special guest, Liana. Thank you so much for being here, Liana. You can follow Liana at Liana Boris on Twitter, and you can follow David Bloomberg at David Bloomberg, and you can follow me at Jessica Lewis 89. So we have at Liana Boris, at David Bloomberg, at Jessica Lewis 89. Follow all three of us. So you can say hi to us both in the RHAP group, and you can also say hi to us on Twitter. That's right. Now we have to come up with a hashtag and uh, I, uh, I don't have much here if either of the two of you have a suggestion. Um, I did not write anything down. I mean, oh, what was it? Um, hashtag uh, ring on a string. Was that the name that you came up with? That was so oh, yes. good. Yeah. Yes. I, we I can like do that. Ring on a string. Yes. <laughs> Definitely. Hashtag <laughs> ring on a string. Yeah. Love it. Um, yes. Yes. And of course, there's the hashtag for this podcast overall, which is YX Lost. Um, and then a couple things before we finish up, uh, I want to remind everyone that the second printing of the poster is available. Uh, so go to tinyurl.com slash David rules poster two, and don't forget to go to Rob slash travel. You get a special limited time deal of up to 40% off hotels from Expedia. Uh, Liana, did you have? Yeah, well, I just wanted to thank you guys so much um, for having me on. This was a lot of fun to go through everything. And, you know, we do so much silliness over at the Beam View. It was really fun to look at this episode with a fine tooth comb and kind of go over everything. It was something I really enjoyed. So I wanted to thank you both for this opportunity. It was it was really a blast. Oh, great. Yeah, it was. And thank you. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming. It, It the funny thing is that the person who first suggested to me that, hey, you should sometimes have a guest on was Adam Klein. <laughs> and it was in Reno where poker alliances were mm-hmm. forming, apparently, mm-hmm. you know, so so we don't see it all comes full the, circle. It really yeah, does. I have Adam to thank the poster alliance to thank. No, I'm just, um, yeah. but yeah, no, this is, this was really great. Um, and, uh, and yeah, just a, you know, big plug for the B and B Mike Bloom and I got together with Meg Z, which was a lot of fun. And then also I'm doing messing here with Kuya drag race with Mon and Brent. And I was on Renap this week. So lots of Liana content, but this was, Oh my yeah, gosh, know, this was an insane week, but, uh, this is the Liana week all over. I love it. This is great. Yeah, it was good. But this this one was was really this is actually the last one I think I'm doing of this weekend. And it was the perfect dessert um, to everything that I got to do. So thank you guys again. Oh, that's so nice. Sure, I yeah. love that. It's the perfect dessert, David. Look at that. That's nice. I like that. <laughs> yeah, we're so we sweet. Are. Uh, not, not that all the people who we talk about think that. Uh, but, uh, True. but it, it, we, uh, while we were sitting here, while, literally while we were recording, uh, I got a notification on my phone. Oh, look. Oh, it's a podcast from Liana. Uh, so uh, <laughs> she's going to be everywhere this week. She is everywhere. Yes. Yes. And, you know, uh, listeners should make sure that you get all of at least the B&B and other Liana survivor appearances, as well as all of the survivor appearances. Uh, by going to robhasapodcast.com slash survivor or just subscribing on your favorite podcatcher. And both of us, all of us, are also on the reality TV Rehap Ups feed. So you'll get the RHAP B&B, you'll get the know-it-alls, the wiggle room, This Week in Survivor, and much more than that. So with all of that, uh, Jessica has already uh, thanked just about everyone. I want to contribute uh, my thanks to Jessica 
Hope you have a great Aww, birthday. Thanks. I appreciate that. I think it'll be fun besides the fact that I have to go to work. But, you know, it's Monday. Yeah, what well, can you do? You, know, right? <laughs> you, you should just do what my boss does. She makes a policy of always taking the day off. Of oh, her that's amazing. Just, so, uh, and of course, thank you hugely, Liana. Uh, you know, I think you were a great person to have as oh, our first well, ever yeah, guest. That's, oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's right. Um, I demand a plaque with my name on it that says first wife <laughs> like lost guest. Um, I love it. Yearly, the day before Jess's birthday, we will commemorate with a parade in my honor. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> no. Where shall we hold the parade? Since we're all in different locations, we need to really determine right. this. I don't now. know. We can, we can flesh out the details later, yeah. but it obviously has to happen. <laughs> Okay. All right. That's right. right. We have a year. Okay. We have a year. David, you got to work on that plaque. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll I'll write it on my list of things to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, listeners, if you have not listened to the RJP B&B already this week, well, then what are you doing? Go ahead and do that now. And then in a week, join Jessica and I right back here, and uh, we will talk to you then. Bye. Bye. Jessica will turn it around They'll break down the rules And they'll show you how You played yourself and got voted out This is why Blank lost And this is why Blank lost Oh baby, this is